When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sounding podcast. This is your inaugural preseason edition. This is Brian, joined by John, as always. John, how are you doing this fine evening? I'm good, Brian. How are you? Oh, just dandy. Just dandy. I'm a little bit better because I actually managed to get our favorite Patriots fan and friend of the show, (laughs) Spencer, on. Spencer, how are you doing this fine evening? Very good. Was I on last year? I kind of forget if this is an annual thing at this point. I think so. Probably. You may have been. I, I don't. I all I, all I know is that you're our favorite Patriots guest. For sure, the only the one. People. You're our only. <laughs> you're our favorite. Guest, correct. You're our favorite. <laughs> I love it, Jonathan. I love it. I'm also way. I mean, having been to Foxborough a couple times now, um, you know, I could be sitting here yelling at you the whole time, and I would be better than the average Patriots fan. So, that's <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Patriots fans are generally not well liked by anybody i don't think i it's don't like, like them it's like in in uh, i don't know if you're if it, are you does your fandom spread to the rest of boston sports or is it just no Patriots? no okay you're a braves so, fan right i am a braves fan yes it's wild uh but it's like the opposite <laughs> of the patriots um but it's it's like it's, it's like Sorry if I offend anybody with this, but it's like, of course, the team, the city that gets like all of the good teams and like every sport is the city that's like already has like insufferable people. And then this, of course, they get all the good sports teams too to make it even worse. You know what? I want to piggyback no off that real. I want to piggyback off that real quick and kind of derail the uh, original path I had for the show. But the Panthers and the Patriots had joint practices this week. And one of the big stories that came out of it was uh, Christian McCaffrey getting hit late out of bounds by uh, someone on the Patriots team. McCaffrey threw the football at him. It turned into a giant brawl. In fact, the brawl was so bad that it actually spilled into the stands and uh, a female fan was hurt in it, which is, you know, obviously tragic. But it was funny because if you went over to the Pats pulp, so the Panthers fan, I should say the Panthers fans were all like, well, what the hell? Why would you hit Christian McCaffrey late? Like Matt McCaffrey is someone who never really reacts. He's not super intense like that. Yeah. He very much just, you know, gets the first down, gets whatever yards and then moves on with his day. But him getting like intense like that is an, a sign that something shitty happened. But um, when you go over to Pat's pulpit, they were fucking dumping on the Panthers like crazy for how chippy <laughs> practice was getting because I guess uh, the Panthers 
safety. What was his name? Um, Kenny Robinson. Kenny Robinson. He had two straight days where he got thrown out of practice, and they were jumping all <laughs> over him. It's like, oh well, the pan- like, I guess there was like talk of uh, them targeting Patriots players. It's like, oh, Kenny Robinson targeting the third string punt returner. Yep, that's exactly what happened there. <laughs> yeah, that I'm sure it's very related to Christian McCaffrey getting hit late out of bounds in like first team drills. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, fans, a- fans, fans, gonna fan. Yeah, I mean, well, we have shitty fans, I, I, fully, I fully side with you guys, by the way. I uh, CMC, I mean, he's coming back from a couple years of being hurt a lot. And yeah. you just don't do that in practice, you know? I, I, right. I side with you. I've, I've done that. I've done that playing five-on-five five flag football with my friends. Like, if <laughs> they've, like, gone at me, like, too late. And Brian can attest to this. if Because he's played with us before. Like, if people go at me too late, me being in my mid-30s now, like... I am going to yell at them because like if I get hurt myself just being a dummy, it is what it is. But if you come sliding at me like you're like trying to make uh you know uh the, the the game saving thing on in the Super Bowl, I'm going to be very mad at you because that there's no place for that, you know. Right. So what, I fully side with you guys. That's what it should be in practices too. Like obviously they gotta hit and they gotta get used to stuff, but like you gotta there's there should be like a like a dial like an understanding like we're dialing this back a little bit and don't get me wrong there were shitty plays by panthers players as well so it's not like oh yeah it's not like one side was was uh didn't have their issues there but hitting christian mccaffrey out of bounds that kind of sucks and kenny robinson rightfully was thrown out and might get cut just because of the fact that he was thrown out of two different two straight practices because of his hits on patriots players but yeah it was just funny, a, a funny testament to um, how fans are on each side. Um, I guess while we're on the topic, why don't we talk a little bit about the joint practices? So eh, we, I think we could circle back to that. Let's well, this, yeah, like, okay, let's chronolo- circle back. Yeah, we'll, circle, we'll put a pin in that and we'll circle back. <laughs> yeah, let's do that then, fine. We'll chronolo- let's go a little more chronologically. Yeah, so... The big, the big noise would be the Panthers playing the Washington Commanders, which is still weird to say. <laughs> well, fun fact, Spencer, I used to accidentally say their old name, and uh, John would would uh, mute would uh, bleep me when I would say their old name on the podcast, and that used to yeah. piss a lot of their fans off. I had to. It was it was really fun because like normally the edits are pretty quick of the podcast because we kind of go straight through most of the time, and it's like. Here's where it starts. Here's where, like, I'm going to put an ad. Here's where it stops, the end. And then when we had games against Washington, I would have to go in and I had, like, a notepad. And I would just, like, type in the timestamps every time <laughs> Brian said the R word and I have to go in and find it and, like, to cut it out. People I mean, I'm 100%, that. I'm 100% okay with that, like, bleeping that out. But they had the perfect name the last couple of years. They had the perfect name. You like, you like the soccer style Washington football team? I love it. I, I mean, like, if you get them a new field and no more Dan Snyder calling football team, they might be like my like uh, second uh, NFC team. You know, like there's something about that football team. I love it. I think it would work. I think it's just weird them being the only one. Like, if it was, like, I think that that works if there's more. But it's weird when there's only one Washington football team and the rest of the the league is just like mascots. And I like I like commanders. Like I like the new branding. Like I like the new W, and I like the the uniforms and stuff. So, oh, they made a ton it. of money on it too because they they made a ton of money on people buying Washington football team stuff. <laughs> and now they're 
now they're making true. money on people buying Washington Commander stuff. So I mean, it was a it was a shrewd business move, even though Dan Snyder kind of sucks. But you know, you know that that's why I don't Kinda. understand why the NFL. <laughs> you know, that's why I don't understand why the NFL doesn't do the NBA thing of like let's let like let your teams like have a new alternate uniform like every year. Like you have your home and your way, and like just put out as many like a new alternate every year if you want to, because like that's going to get jersey sales going up. Because like you buy like your blue Panthers jersey and you got your blue Panthers jersey. You if like next year we come out with like a sick, like different kind of blue jersey or black and white jersey or something, people are gonna be like, oh, I really like the jersey this year. I'm gonna buy one, and you can get that like little bump every year, as opposed to like, hey guys, it's been uh 15 years. We're about to drop a sick sick alternate for you guys. Exactly. And then everybody buys their uniforms, and then no one buys a jersey for years. We should own a, I mean, we should own a football rush, team, right? That was with the color rush. Can we do it better than Dan Snyder, though? That's the big question. I mean, I, probably. I, I think we could. I think as long as we avoid like, <laughs> like sexual harassment and like other very bad business practices, I think we can already. How about the raw whatever. sewage that's just like in the stadium? You think yeah, we can do better than that? Possibly. I mean, I don't know how stadiums work, but I'm sure I could find someone who does. Just give me like $6 billion, and that's definitely not going to happen. Guaranteed. Right. Find the groundskeeper <laughs> and say, hey, no raw sewage. Come on, man. <laughs> right. <laughs> this just, if it were me, I'd tell us to, I would tell the stadium crew to stop that. Yep. <laughs> Step one. Step one, delegation. Congratulations for getting there. Um. So, yeah, the Panthers played against the Washington Commanders, and they actually won their first preseason game. I know that means so much. That means a lot, guys. But uh, wow. they won 23-21. to 21. And I would say the biggest story coming out of that game is that Baker Mayfield just looks so much better than Sam Darnold. And not even just that game. Wow. I know, right? Shocking. But... Brian, I, I would I would go I don't know anything about uh you know Jonathan's um athletic career, but I bet if you gave him a football, he would look about on par with how Sam Darnold looked last year. <laughs> um and that's not that's not that's not a gripe against Jonathan or myself. I'm you know, I'm a little bit of a bigger boy, you know, so it'd be a little bit tougher for me, but you got, you know, you're you're uh, you're a giraffe, Brian. You could probably do it, just get the first downs and all that. But uh Sam Darnold looked awful last year, so I mean, nobody could really look good behind that offensive line, but it's becoming very clear as practices progress that Baker Mayfield is just a better decision maker than Sam Darnold. Yeah, I mean, that's been like the pretty consistent report from all the practices and then in the game too of like that's just like the the ball goes to the right guy more often when Baker's in charge. I think Darnold only got one series. He got to throw three passes, completed two. Uh, he two. He technically out. got two. He had yeah. the two. The, he came out for that second series, and we did uh, runs on first and second down, and then he like threw an incomplete pass on third and long. That's true. I do. I forgot about that. But yeah, he he did have that that nice pass to the end zone, um, where Higgins caught it. Rashard Higgins caught it. That was a nice pass, but he also was like eight yards deep in his depth, so all the offensive linemen looked stupid because they weren't they were blocking for someone they expected to be in the pocket. So you know, Sam Darnold things. Um, basically, can I just say one more thing about Sam Darnold, real quick? Go for <laughs> Do it. Do you remember early la- early last year when he? I think it was last year. Yeah, it had to be last year where he was leading the NFL in rushing touchdowns 
through like four weeks or something like that. Yeah, right. yeah. I think he had I think he had five rushing touchdowns in the first three or four. He games, had yeah. six in the first four games. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, you literally looked at rushing, and it was like, oh, you know, all da- Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, these scrubs. No, 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 no. Sam Darnold. <laughs> yeah, His rushing had, touchdown five. efficiency was actually greater than oh, it was five? I thought it was, it was six. Okay, five. He had one in week one against the Jets, and then two against Houston and two against Dallas in weeks uh, three. His rushing touchdown efficiency was actually greater than Cam Newton's at any point in his career in Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> and then he, I mean, then he didn't score another one the rest of the year. But that's well, fine. you know, that's Sam that's, Darnold for you. Shockingly, that was unsustainable. Yeah, but, but yeah. Uh, oh, go ahead. Oh no, I was gonna say with a game like with with Mayfield's like, and then obviously there wasn't enough to like really go on. But I'm just hopeful that there's like a more of an a desire to attack down the field and like a little. And he he looked a little hesitant, and I hope and I think that's gonna be kind of something that we're gonna get annoyed with over time because he kind of had that little he would have his he would second guess himself a little bit in Cleveland but it's definitely not to the extent of Sam Darnold so I feel like we're gonna at least get a little bit more of like shots down the field like he took that shot down to Robbie uh at the goal line that was a perfect pass it just the, the safety made a good play to come over and break it up and I hope that we see more of that this year than we did with Sam Darnold and that was a good like I said even though it didn't succeed a good like seeing that shot down the field was nice to see because I felt like we didn't see any of those last year after the first couple of weeks. Well, you keep the defense honest with those kind of things. Like you, that's kind of what right. Ted Ginn's job was for a while was just, well, you got a really fast guy that you have to cover down the field. So you can't just block the box up. Cause that's ultimately what, yeah. what did Sam Darnold in was that defenses were like, all right, well, he's only going to throw check downs, So we're just going to stay in his face the whole game. Right, um, you don't have to cover tight. You only have to cover tight deep because if he see he's he's gonna be scared to try to force one in there or trust the receiver. Or like so, as long as someone's in the ballpark down the field, like that's not a threat. Exactly. Um, as far as the defense went, um, it's kind of hard to glean a lot off these preseason games because they kind of just jump right into the um, into into the second and third team where you don't really have any consistency with who's on the field and whatnot. But, I mean, overall, the defense looks pretty good. J.C. Horn didn't play, but he's been having a great pre- he's been having a great preseason from the reports out there. Um, overall, I mean, I like the showing. I think the it sucks because normally the second preseason game is like the one where, at least in years past, it was the one where you got to see a lot of the starters. And uh, I guess this one coming up is going to be mostly Matt Corral and. Uh, PJ Walker and a lot of the twos and threes on Friday. So, you know, yeah, they said that they said much. that, yeah, because they're, they're basically the, the, the scrimmages and the joint practices are the first team reps and the preseason game is going to be the second and third, the second and third teams. Um, I guess before we, before we like, I guess for the defense, like the starters ish, the more rotational players, what the other part I think that made it tough to, to take much away was that we were like just in like a standard four three running like pass rushing four straight up with the occasional stunt like there was very little there was very little like pizzazz to it or very little creativity to it which is understandable but like so there wasn't a lot of like oh this is what we're gonna be able to look forward to this year or anything like that it was just like guys like just I don't know go out there and like cover who's near you and try to get to the quarterback see what happens. Well, I don't know but, if you remember this too, John, but like the first couple weeks of last season when the defense actually got out there, they were throwing out some real exotic stuff too. Yeah. So it's I one of those missed, things. Yeah. 
saving that. Yeah, they they they're saving that. But yeah, like those first three weeks of last season, they were one of the highest sack production teams in the in the league. Yeah, I would I would mainly attribute that just to not really knowing what the hell they're going to do. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, defense is looking okay. Um, as far as the, why don't we talk a little bit about the uh, joint practices specifically? Um, Real quick before we do that, and I know Spencer oh, is dying to talk. Were there anything that stood out to you? Like for one, like I guess the one thing I want to touch on was like. I really hope Matt Corral looks better in the last two weeks of the preseason because he looked so uncomfortable. Um, obviously, like the offensive line situation being that far into the game, but like Sam Howell was in a similar situation. But he's like he's one for nine for eleven yards. Technically led the game winning drive, but also it was like entirely penalties. Um, yeah, the the, the, football, <laughs> the, uh, the commanders literally gave him that that win. Right, it, it was like I'm pretty sure the last drive, like half of the drive, the yards they gained were on penalties. But like more more than like the production, it was just like he he was like it looked way too the game looked way too fast for him. So I'm hoping that's just like first game jitters and he'll look better going forward. Um, the other thing I was just gonna ask you um, was there any player that wasn't like an expected contributor that you like that caught your eye or that you're excited about? Giovanni Ritchie. Yeah, that was one for me. That. So what the thing about that one specifically wasn't as much about Giovanni Richie's himself as much as that he was being utilized because right in Joe Brady's offense, tight ends were kind of just, you know, non-existent aside from blocking. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know I saw some people complaining. They're like, well, why didn't they use Tommy Tremble that way? Well, Tommy Tremble played 14 less snaps than him. Um, I kind of think that the fact that they used Giovanni Ritchie as both a fullback and a tight end and kind of got him involved in the passing game because he was the Panthers' leading receiver on on yeah, a in Saturday. Terms of catches, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that bodes well for the tight end room because Ian Thomas and Tommy Tremble will obviously be more involved in this offense than McAdoo. So I'm cautiously optimistic that one of those guys will break out and have a, a good season. You know, like 400 yards and maybe four or five touchdowns from Ian Thomas kind of justifies his contract. So, yeah, we'll see. I guess I I forgot that we gave him a new contract, which is like, so he kind of needs to justify that because that came out of nowhere. Yeah, Um, I don't know. It wasn't it wasn't as much. I think people are blowing it a little bit out of proportion just because, you know, it's still not a lot compared to the rest of the roster. But anyway, who who did you like, John? Uh, So there's two. Um, one on defense, Amari Barno, like part of yep. played part in two turnovers. Um, he uh, recovered the fumble and then also got hit that led to interception. And then, uh, on offense, Derek Wright, who led the team in receiving yardage, and also apparently has been getting lots of run with the ones in practice. I think is an interesting thing to uh just kind of monitor as we get down the to, like down the end of this preseason to see how much I don't know like how much attention he gets and how much if, if he's actually got like a shot to make the roster and maybe contributes on this year he's the preseason darling I guess is the guy preseason well, between so far yeah between him Shy Smith CJ Saunders they really seem to have a a pretty deep group back there surprisingly I wouldn't I would not have expected these guys that they just picked up off the streets to be making these right. plays but they're doing well so mm-hmm. that's all you can really ask for <laughs> yeah 
But anyway, that was all I wanted to talk about. We can move to the to the joint practices. Yep, joint practices. So the Panthers practice against the Patriots, which it was interesting. Bill Belichick was very complimentary of Matt Rule. Like very <laughs> complimentary, which Panthers fans have been shitting on him all offseason. And you know, kind of rightfully so, I guess. But um I always love it. I always love it when like everybody is like super like everyone is in lockstep in an agreement that someone is like a bumbling idiot or they don't know what they're doing and then someone else who's got more knowledge like another coach or whatever speaks super highly of that person or that player and everyone's like like shut up you don't know what you're talking about bill you're all you're wrong on this one like you'll see it with players too where there'll be like a guy that everybody every fan hates and then the coach will be like this guy is my favorite player to coach he just does everything right and then all the fans are like, what is he talking about? That guy sucks. And that's that's what I, I so I love these situations of Bill Belichick hyping up our coach that everyone dislikes. Yep. Yep. I think it's just the the very process focused way of going about things. And Spencer, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe Bill Belichick's kind of the same way. You know, he's just more accomplished than that rule. <laughs> you think so? Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say, that's the, literally the only difference between Mike, uh, between Matt Rule and Bill Belichick is what six Super Bowls. Other than that, just, they're basically just the same that. person. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, eight, exactly. If you, if you count the two as a D coordinator, God eight. damn. <laughs> yeah, the the Giants in the nineties. So yeah, other than eight Super Bowls on the resume, they're basically the same person. Right, right. So one thing that came out from. Uh, the joint practices was that the Patriots offense kind of struggled against Carolina's defense, um, specifically passing the ball, actually even running the ball, they were struggling. So I don't know if you have any thoughts on that Spencer, but either the Panthers defense is a lot better than we expected or the Patriots offense is a lot worse than we expected. Well, there's a couple ways you can look at it. First of all, you can throw it out there that, Hey, it's, practice in the preseason you know no never um so So this is basically right (laughs) um belichick has famously said pretty much every year that he doesn't know what his team is until thanksgiving and i think that makes a lot of sense especially watching them for you know 20 plus years um i think that them losing the right guard shaq mason to the tampa Bay buccaneers is actually a pretty big deal in the run game um, from, and again, for offensive line, I see it and I call it, I don't have any fancy PFF stats or anything like that, but he's a really good run blocker. Um, So I really think that that's going to have an effect on the, uh, on the run game. I'm hoping not, but uh, Shaq Mason's been awesome for five, six years now at this point. I agree. He's always been highly rated as a run blocker. they also ran the ball like 60 times against the, the Bills last year, so that could be a problem if their run game is uh, not so good. We'll see. Yeah, but that that was the one where the, if you remember, the wind was like, I, I, it, something about the weather. It was like one of the worst weather games ever. You could barely throw the ball. It was super, uh, super windy and cold, yeah. The wind was like hurricane gusty, and so. Bill Bell's which, by like, the way, know. that was the only time since um, Brady left. Yeah since Brady left, that they beat the Bills, uh, in, including uh, – yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was the only time in that one weird game. Every other time, they have gotten thoroughly whooped. 
uh, by the Bills. So they are a obviously very good team nowadays. So Tom Brady left the division so the Bills could thrive. At least it's not the Jets. I mean, I'm sure you guys feel the same way about the Saints, you know? Like yeah. if, if the Falcons <laughs> won, you guys would be like, eh, good for you guys. You know, Bucks, right. obviously it is what it is. But Saints, you don't want to see that. Yeah. And we don't want to see the Jets. <laughs> so as long as it's the Bills. Especially because the Bills have like no history. I mean, I guess like they're in the '90s, they were good in in losing Super Bowls. But like <laughs> in in more recent history, they have like nothing. They, they've been so bad for so long that there's just like no reason to have any disdain towards them. I've I've personally visited Buffalo to see a Pat's uh, Bills game, and it's a wonderful little town. It reminds me of kind of where we live in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. Uh, the the people are super passionate. This you know, it's like. I guess the best way of putting it is you can be standing at the stadium and there will be like backyards, like right next to the parking and stuff like that. It's just really like wholesome. It's like a, like a Hallmark movie, obviously then they get drunk and jump through tables and stuff. But (laughs) I, I honestly have a lot of respect for uh, the fan base and the, and that area. I have no respect for the, you know, the jets or the giants, you know, the sharing that stadium and everything, but the, the bills, a lot of respect, the dolphins, eh, we don't really care about. It's not the 70s anymore, you know, so. Yeah. Throwing the smack down on him. I like it. <laughs> um, what do you think of Mac Jones, Spencer? Uh, I like his swagger. I think he has a long way to go. And um, I sound like every Pats apologist for the last 25 years, but I I just don't see the weapons. Like, I don't. I know they keep adding new stuff. Uh, we finally have Devonte Parker, and he seems like he's finally going to be, you know, something. Um, I do think these last two years with both Cam and um, Jones, we kind of see that it was a lot more Brady than people thought it was. You know, how everyone was like, "Oh, is it Belichick? It's Brady," you know, kind of thing. Like Belichick's a great game planner. Brady made a lot to do with. Kembrel Tompkins and uh, a bunch of other people that no one will know their names, you know? So um, I am, I am hopeful for him, but I, I just, I, I wanted to, to, I have a couple things written down of like stuff that I'm kind of, um, you know, was a set about last year and Janu Smith and um, what's his name? Hunter Henry. Henry. Like that was supposed to be like the big thing. And if you look at the end of the year stats, Hunter Henry had nine touchdowns, but like, I can guarantee if you go through to um, like game by game, they, they weren't very like every touchdown is important, but you know, they were like in like ones that were way up, way down, that kind of thing. It just, that was supposed to set the world on fire, you know, and it, it did not at all. Yeah. It was, it's, it, I feel like it's uh, from, from Derek Henry's point of view and there, I'm looking at it now, like their, their game is like two catches for 23 yards and a touchdown. And it's just like, two catches for 19 yards of touchdown. It's like good for, it's like they, they're just tight in touchdowns. It could be literally anybody playing tight end. And it's just like, that's a touchdown. Not all nine of them, obviously, but like, I, did, I didn't feel like Derrick Henry was this big impact player. Like he was supposed to be last year. And John New Smith Hunter Henry. was like, Hunter Henry, Hunter Henry, right? sorry. <laughs> John, John Smith was like, had this, like that little stretch of the Titans where he was, uh, where he looked like he could be like one of the better Titans, Titans of the league. If he got his own, kind of if he got to be like the guy and he also he was even he did he did less than uh hunter henry so yeah i, mean, I, I always could... look 
I love the tight end position. My two favorite positions on the football field is fullback and tight end. Uh, there's just something about the guys that, you know, do a lot of work, don't get a lot of, um, you know, the, uh, the glory and all that. But when I look at someone, if I, there's some tight ends that really only block. If I look at someone who's the most average tight end I can think of that is competent and can catch and whatever, it's, it's uh, Kyle Rudolph, longtime Viking. I think he's on the Bucks now, actually. He is. And you could have taken Kyle Rudolph and put him on there in place of John Smith or Hunter Henry. And it would have been exactly the same. Like, like you said, Jonathan, you know, it's a uh, first and goal on the five and you have a tight end, you know, like any tight end is going to catch it. It doesn't involve anything like super crazy for the most part, you know, right. You, you go like, like Jumbo uh, set and you do a play tight. action. Yeah. And it's just like, Oh, tight ends. It's not OBJ in the corner of the end zone toe tapping. It's like, Literally, Amy, like you said, uh, is gonna is gonna make that catch. So, you are correct that um, touchdowns with uh, tight ends can be very deceiving. Um, so, yeah, I was very disappointed with that. I'm really hoping with Devonte Parker now they can like blow the top off of the defenses. Um, Parker and Aguilar is kind of an interesting mix. Like if they play them both at the same time, because Aguilar did a lot better than uh, obviously me and Brian are in uh, Philadelphia Eagles country. And Aguilar, as far as they were concerned, is the worst player in the history of mankind. And he <laughs> well, went to the Pats and he next, did fine. Up until their next two wide receivers they drafted and that failed. But yeah, anyway. <laughs> yeah, they just traded uh, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside and everyone's like, oh, thank God that bum's gone. And I'm like, all right, but you still had him like cheap rookie contracts, but okay, whatever, you know. My favorite comment was trade Jalen Rager next. That was funny. <laughs> Well, because he's not just Jefferson. Eagles fans, oh man, <laughs> they are funny. Um, speaking of Nelson Aguilar, he did have a couple of good reps against uh, J.C. Horn and uh, Jeremy Chin in camp. So, do with that as you will. Scored some touchdowns against him. Oh, hey, speaking like of cornerbacks, thing, how right? are you guys? Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Sir. Sorry, how are you guys enjoying uh, Gilmore? Gone. He's gone. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's gone. That's right. I talked to you about that. How did you enjoy Gilmore last year? Uh, it was weird. Was it worth it? Like, it was it worth the trade, I guess, in, in your opinion? I mean, it was worth the trade, but it was just strange because, like, it was like we never wanted to use him fully. Right, right, Ryan? Would you, would you agree with that? It was, like, it was like he was always on a snap count like, he was, the entire yeah, he, season. He never played full time. They basically, like, I think the biggest game where he had an impact was against the Falcons where they literally only deployed him in the slot against Kyle Pitts mm. and he had an interception he shot and he did well against him but yeah they never had him out there on the field full time they always had and it was it was sad because JC Horn got hurt and Dante Jackson was dealing with injuries too at times so they had you know their fifth round pick from that year out there more than Stefan Gilmore, which I thought was interesting. <laughs> right. And he was really, really good when he played. Anyway. What'd you say? Yeah. No, I was saying he was a rental anyway, you know. he It was yeah. his contract year, so why not play him, you know? Right. So, like, I'm looking now. He played, he appeared in nine ga- or in eight games, uh, started three, and appeared in 59% of snaps. Like, in the games that he played. Yep. I mean, he. D- he was the defensive player of the year like two years before that, you know. So yeah, that's, it was it was it was yeah, it, it was like it was like he was like a third down specialist almost. It was like like or or like big. It was just like 
hey, we need to stop put Stefan Gilmore out there because he'll definitely stop him. But like, it was like, but we're not going to do that the whole game. Only like key moments that we will we'll, we'll roll him out there. It was very yeah, for, weird. Pan- for Panthers fans listening, even like a nickel corner, fifty five percent of the snaps is not a lot. Right. So, yeah, but it's funny now. Like it's. And it could just be, you know, the preseason hyping of everybody because that's what they do. The writers just hype up everyone. But the C.J. Henderson trade almost looks like it was a better trade than Stephon Gilmore right now. <laughs> right. Which Spencer and uh, fans listening, if you didn't know, um, C.J. Henderson was a top 10 pick by the Jaguars in, was that 2020? Or was it 2021? I'm not sure. I mean, 2020. Um, it wasn't last year. He was, his last year was his second yeah. year. Yeah. But he got kind of heaped into the whole Urban Meyer fiasco and uh, didn't really succeed there. So the Panthers traded away Dan Arnold, and I think it was a fifth-round pick for C.J. Henderson. I think they were they exchanged picks as well. Um, and Henderson really didn't play well last year, but allegedly he had, was dealing with mental health issues and all this jazz. Plus, you know, joining a team halfway through the season isn't easy. Um, and apparently he's looked like one of the best players in their camp this year. That's a heck of a thing to trade. Uh, you said, yeah, he was a top 10 draft pick. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, I mean, the return no. on investment is, I mean, come on. <laughs> that's that's actually, so awful. He was picked ninth. Oh, go ahead. Uh, he was picked ninth in 2020. And then in 2021, before the 21, 21 season, or like two weeks into the 2021 season was traded with a fifth round pick for a third-round pick, and Dan Arnold. Wow. And the best part about it is that they had to eat a fuck ton of his contract, too, because that was because a rookie contract, a lot of that is guaranteed. So, yeah, they had to eat money to get rid of him. Wow. Yeah, that's the Jaguars for you. Yeah, well, Dan mean, Arnold was good for them, though. I would make that trade no matter what. Like, for a top-10 talent, you take a chance, you know? Uh, you guys gave up nothing for that, you know? So... Yeah, I mean, third round pick's a little steep, but. Top 10 talent, though. I don't even know what position he plays, to be completely honest with you. (laughs) He's a corner. Top 10 talent is something. Oh, corner. Okay. (laughs) Uh, I mean, that's that's something, dude. Yeah, I mean, Carolina's walking into the Patriots game and the season with what could be a really good secondary. I mean, they uh, they drafted J.C. Horn at eighth overall in 2021. They got. C.J. Henderson, who was drafted ninth overall in 2020, who apparently is coming into his own and doing really well, which props to Steve Wilkes, who is one of the best secondary coaches in the league. Don't at me. Um, And they have Dante Jackson, who they just signed back to a big contract, and he was one of their ball hawks when he's healthy at corner. Like, that's that's a pretty good group of corners there. Probably the best in the NFC South, if C.J. Henderson works out, asterisk. Right. Steve, Steve Wilkes was the uh, Cardinals coach for like a cup of coffee, right? So basically what happened was uh, the Bills stole Sean McDermott from us, which was Worked a great signing them. for them, apparently. <laughs> and uh, Steve Wilkes got yeah. one year with Carolina's defense as the defensive coordinator. He was the secondary coach for a long time. Uh, he was actually with Ron Rivera in San Diego. And uh, that defense was actually pretty good. So the Cardinals signed him real quick to be a head coach and they fired him the next season or not, not even the next season after the first uh, season. Yeah. After uh, one unsuccessful season with Josh Rosen, a quarterback. And uh, if I remember correctly, Oh goodness. Uh, 
Sam Bradford was also there too. Uh, <laughs> and then probably. you fire the man. Goodness. Yeah, he was there, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, talk about a raw deal. Remember him? <laughs> yeah, it's never been tra- no one's been traded for more first round picks. Never. Never. But anyway, yep. <laughs> Real quick, one last thing about the uh, Panthers before we move on to the projections for the uh, Patriots game. The Panthers offensive line starting to come together, John. Might be. Might be. So, Spencer, just to give you an idea. So they drafted Iki Iquanu, or Iggy Iquanu, uh, there, who was supposed to be a, an offensive tackle. And throughout the preseason, they were uh, having him, quote-unquote, compete with a guy they drafted at left tackle last year, a third-round pick. Uh, He was the third-round pick out of BYU, you know, big heavy-hitting school in college. And uh, they really didn't want to commit to putting him at left tackle last season. Then this this offseason, they decided, oh, he's the first-string offensive tackle, which pissed off a lot of of Panthers fans. so he was battling with Brady Christensen, who the Panthers touted as a first-round grade left guard last season. Finally, during the Patriots' joint practices, they finally said Icky is going to be the starting left tackle. Which is great, because they had a terrible uh, left guard there playing beside Christensen when he was the starting offensive tackle, the left tackle. So, And uh, last game... Aquanu had a really, really good rep with Brady Christensen playing left guard where they had a perfect pass off of the rushers. They blocked it up great. You know, it just looked like the thing that made sense. But Matt Rule continued to say that they were going to be competing. And now they finally established that Aquanu will play left tackle. And Brady Christensen, in theory, should play left guard, but he's technically still competing for the position because that's what Matt Rule does. And that's what every coach does. Is the yeah. thing. And it's I know it always gets on everybody's nerves, but like there isn't a coach in the league really that's not that's like Yep, this is I mean, there are situations, but generally speaking, they're like this guy's gotta earn it. The last thing we wanna do is bring in a rookie and make him think that like this this is his job to lose when he's done nothing to earn it. And as you've known, Spencer, over the last several years, even including twenty fifteen when I bitch about the uh the Super Bowl where Michael Orr was put on skates by Von Miller and DeMarcus Ware because that field was so shitty. Their offensive line has not been good, and this appears to be the best unit they've fielded since that season. All right. Protect yeah. Baker. <laughs> protect Baker. Yep. Protect Baker. Protect Sam Darnold when Baker Mayfield gets hurt. You know. No, no, no. <laughs> what, um, for the, for the game on Friday, or tonight, I guess, um, what Spencer are like the Patriots is are the Patriots like particularly good at anything in the preseason that are that'll be like interesting to watch from the Panthers point of view or are there any players for the no like, absolutely Panthers? not <laughs> yeah Belichick like watching um pre I legitimately don't watch Pat's preseason anymore because he comes out with like the most vanilla stuff humanly possible um it you're not going to see any crazy flea flicker or whatever fun plays. They are like as basic as humanly possible. Um, so it's going to be a game. They're going to play it. They're going to go all 60 minutes. Uh, there'll probably be a score at the end, but <laughs> I don't, 
don't get your popcorn ready. Maybe uh, get your napping blanket ready in the in the meantime. You know. And Guys, uh, they okay. haven't lost the preseason. They haven't lost the preseason game. Well, they did. They lost last week, right? But went undefeated in the I, preseason last year. So you know. They did. They did. Yes. Uh, right. And it means absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the Panthers went undefeated in the preseason 2000, uh, 2010. That worked out well for them. They won what? One game? Two games? So. Yeah. That was, was that yeah. the um, Jimmy Clausen era? That was. was. Yeah. Jimmy Pickles. Oh, uh, my boy. Yeah, the, the famous one is that the 2000, whatever, the, the 0-16 Lions went undefeated in the preseason. So. Just goes to yeah. show it all matters. Um. I don't know, and you can elaborate on the Spencer if you're aware or not, but the Panthers basically said, yeah, we're not playing Darnold, or I should say they're not playing Baker. They might play Darnold, but they're not playing Baker at all, and probably none of the ones in this uh, in this game. I have an interruption. Go ahead. You know how I said the 0-16 Lions went uh, uh, 4-0 in the preseason? Yeah. The 0-16 Browns also went 4-0 in the preseason. Oh, man. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> a little, little fun fact takeaway out of this podcast. Anyway, continue Let's on. Go. Um, but yeah, this is basically going to be one of those preseason games where you're just struggling to watch it because it's going to be none of the starters, basically. Um, at least on the Panthers side. I don't know about the Patriots side, but Matt Corral and PJ Walker will be taking their reps, which, by the way, PJ Walker looked real good last week leading the offense. But yeah, it's going to be all the third and fourth stringers for the most part, maybe the second stringers in some positions, but what do you think the Patriots are going to do Spencer? Uh, Again, it's going to be as vanilla as humanly possible. Uh, Runs up the middle. Uh, (laughs) Standard, standard uh, shotgun passes, that kind of thing. I I just won't expect anything super crazy to, to, to happen there. Um, They just don't tip their hand at all when it comes to stuff like that. Um, and quite frankly, I got to be honest, since since Brady left, their offense, uh, for about two, three weeks, it was very cool to watch with Cam. Uh, and since then, it has been not fun to watch. You kind of just want to, like, tune in. to Like, if you're on Sunday Ticket, you know, Red Zone, whatever, tune in when they're playing defense, because that's going to be something that's very exciting. On offense, it's like, okay, they're getting it done, you know, so nothing crazy is going to happen there. I feel like based on what it sounds like is that the game is going to basically be like historically what's been like the fourth preseason game. That's what it sounds right. like. Right. Like it's going to be. I'm that. Yeah. Right. It's going to be like lots of Bailey Zapp and PJ Walker and none of the starters are even going to dress and we're all going to be like, yay, football. Yay. My favorite team's playing. And then like one quarter in going to be like, is there anything else on TV? I'm just happy it's going to be on Friday and not a and not like a Thursday because watching those like fourth preseason games on a work night is just awful. Right, especially terrible. in our position if we have if if we're the ones that are in charge of like making content out of it and it's just like I have to watch this, but also like there's so much better, so many better things I could be doing on a work night. Yeah, like drinking. Yeah, <laughs> on a work night, yes, yes, there's my typical Thursday nights, yes. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, it should be a good time. Uh, Spencer, is there anybody in particular that the Patriots have that maybe we should be watching out for that you know of? 
again, if any if anyone plays here, you know, any of the starters and whatever, um, I would like to see more from Devontae Parker. I think that that could be something cool. Um, I always liked Jabril Peppers, and now he's on the and now he's on the team on the defense. Uh, but again, it's just one of those things where I'm sorry to 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 be this dude that comes in on a podcast and say I'm not excited for preseason football, but boys, that's how it is. <laughs> you have a uh, Bailey Zap. He was pretty good last week, and he looks like he could be Mac Jones' like brother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. Yeah, like I said, it'll be. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see. Um, you know how they get the run game going and stuff like that. I do like Damian Harris quite a bit. Uh, if you're a fantasy football player and you know all the RB ones are gone, uh, Damian Harris is always really solid. He's never gonna get a ton of um catches, but so you will have to rely on touchdowns. But he gets the ball a lot, like twenty, twenty five, whatever times a game. So. He's and he's pretty he's pretty he's pretty strong runner too, so that's something to watch out for as well. Run all over this Panthers defense. Yep. That'll be fun to watch. I'm not I'm I am excited, I will say, to see uh Brandon Smith again. He had he seemed to have a good showing last week, and obviously, as you said, John, um Oh now now his name's for, now his name's escaping me, but the defensive end. Um My Barno. Yeah, Barno. I think those two guys will get a decent amount of reps. I do like the Panthers' strategy to just draft high-end athletes and see if they can make them into NFL players. So we'll see where that goes. A lot easier to do that than it is to take someone who is slow and unathletic and make them an NFL-quality player, make them an NFL-quality athlete. Rashawn Galden didn't deserve that shade, John. <laughs> I mean, it's funny that, like, I mean... He's a pretty pretty perfect poster child for that, though, isn't it? Really? <laughs> yeah, the Marty Herney version of I'll draft the best available first first round pick and hit on that, and then just not hit on anything after that. Gotta love it. Yep. Gotta love it. Um, do we even want to do scoring predictions? I feel like that's kind of a farce. <laughs> sure. Let's uh, boot up a random number generator. And choose two random numbers between uh, zero and twenty-eight. There you go. How about this? Let's uh, do thirty-five. Think, we, can be, we can go. We can go crazy. Let, let me. Let me. Let me go ahead and say that my choice. I'm. I'm going to give an actual choice. I think the Panthers win twenty-eight to three. There we go. <laughs> oh, there we go. Totally <laughs> random number. Yep. Totally random. I just. I was feeling it. I'm going to say Panthers. 16 Patriots nine. That's much more likely. Yes. I literally, my number was 16 to 10 Panthers. So <laughs> the random gen- number generator says we're going to do Panthers first and then Patriots. And the random oh gen- number generator says Panthers eight Patriots 19. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's a preseason score. If I've ever heard it, <laughs> I mean, right. that, that would be, that would also fit the Panthers because they always tend to lose in weird scoring situations. So yeah. Let's uh, <laughs> I, I'm gonna be. I think that's gonna be. I, I appreciate that, Spencer, because I think I'm gonna make that like a thing for the season. Is like we're, I, we're gonna I, do I score love- predictions, <laughs> and I'm gonna put the random number generator in there too. 
Yeah, Brian's Brian's in my uh, my fantasy league, and that's how we decide a lot of very important things. We just put our names in a random <laughs> generator. So it's like, what draft position do you get? Random generator. There we go. Yeah, yeah I ended up getting the first round pick because of it. I hate it. You, you know the first, first round pick, pick, right? Yeah, I'm the first pick, and uh, every everything in fantasy is telling me to take Jonathan Taylor, but I'm sitting there like, well, Christian McCaffrey's going to catch a lot of passes from Baker Mayfield, so I don't know. Do you know what I did? What you do? So in my league that I run, part of the reward for winning the championship is you get to pick your draft spot for the next season. And then we go down the standings and you pick your draft spot. And I won last year. What? I just said, oh boy. So I won last year. And so what I did to avoid your conundrum is I I gave myself the second pick. So. Son of a bitch. So if, if the first pick. If someone because like obviously being in Charlotte, most of the people in the league are Panthers fans. Whoever gets the first pick, if they take Christian McCaffrey, I like don't have that cho- choice anymore. I have to take Jonathan Taylor. And then if someone does the right thing and picks Jonathan Taylor, I that that is no longer I'm no longer conflicted in between doing the right thing and making the homer pick, and I just pick Christian McCaffrey. So I have hedged my bets at the probable expense of my fantasy team, but that's okay. Yeah, my whole thing about it is that I I don't know if I want to link my fantasy football team to my happiness with the Panthers season because if Christian McCaffrey is my first pick and everything goes to shit, then in both worlds everything sucks. It's yeah, kind of where fair. I'm at. Yeah. <laughs> so or or you could be double happy. It's double or nothing. Or double happy. Yeah, which is something I've never experienced before. So <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I'll probably end up picking McCaffrey just because I hate myself. But anyway, <laughs> um, any closing thoughts from either of you? I'll start with you, John. Uh, I think we covered. I, I feel like we've already stretched this way too long for a preseason show, so I'm not gonna. I'm gonna cap it there for myself. That's fair, Spencer. <laughs> what about you? Since I only get to get on once a year, I had a couple very quick things I want to mention. First of all, sure. Uh, James White retired. Uh, so God. let's just let's just let's just give that glorious man just just his last due respects for twenty eight to three. Um, <laughs> what what an absolute giga chad! And Brian, I'm a little sad because James White was always the player that I would want to draft in fantasy, and he would always go like a pick before I was ready to pick him. Like I don't think I ever had him. And it was um, always you took him. Took him. A- yeah, yeah, yep. you did. It was always me, and it was funny. There were a couple of times where uh, my, like, RB1 would go down, so I'd have, like, my RB2 who happened to be, like, okay, and I'd have James White, and since we're in a full PPR league, James White would still score, like, 25 points in a game, even though he ran the ball for, like, 13 yards. So Yeah, because when you see the stats, it's, like, 13 yards, 24 points. You're like, oh, okay, got it. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so so what a glorious what a glorious gentleman. Um, I mean, he also had twenty eight point three points for me at one point, so that was nice. It, <laughs> dude, it never ends. The only yep. way that could have done any better is if it was against the Saints. I mean, let's be honest here, folks. Um, but but still, absolutely absolutely amazing. Um, I also wanted to give a special shout out. I think once a year, I think back to. Uh, Oh, what day was that? January 3rd, 2015, which is my favorite NFL game ever played. Um, Did the Seahawks Well, one? someone. No, oh, no. Uh, January, no, no, no. January 3rd, 
2015 was Panthers 27, Cardinals 16, the game that Ryan Lindley started in the playoffs. Oh, I was there. That's the only playoff game I've you ever were been there. to. Oh, my I God. I was present in the stadium. <laughs> and it was like, if I remember correctly, it was like kind of like a – I mean, it's January in Charlotte, but it was kind of like a crappy weather night too. It was just yeah. like – it wasn't like it didn't like rain, but it was kind of like drizzly and misty and cold. And yeah. So it wasn't. So like, it I was, just yeah. I just want to give special special shout out to the day that Ryan Lindley went sixteen for twenty eight with eighty two yards, and he had to start a playoff game. And I think it's just still one of the funniest things I've ever seen. So I want to give special shout out to that. It is what Brad's favorite. Line. It is Brad's favorite season of all time. The uh, seven eight and one Panthers season. And yes, that's right. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. They were seven, eight, and one, and they won that playoff game. That's correct. Yes. Yep. And it yes. was the statistical worst playoff offensive performance by an NFL team. What was really yeah. funny about it? What was really funny is is like the Panthers were seven, eight, and one. Like they shouldn't have even made the playoffs that year because like it was because you know like it, the thing of like oh the Panthers and Ron Rivera made the playoffs for three straight years. Like yeah, but we shouldn't have made the playoffs. In 2014, it's like, well, but they did also win a playoff game. It's like, yeah, it was against Ryan Lindley and the Cardinals who were, like, decimated by injuries. Like, they, in rare Panthers fashion, everything broke right for them that season. Yes. Well, well it was at- also – oh, go ahead, Spencer. Sorry. No, no go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say it was actually a super meme-worthy NFC South year because the Saints and the Falcons both had multiple opportunities to win that division, and they just didn't. And then when they got the chance to play the Panthers, the Panthers blew them out of the fucking stadium in both games. It was amazing. <laughs> like, I think it was like, I think the Panthers put up like 40 on the Falcons in their own stadium when the Falcons had a chance to take the lead and win the NFC South. It was just amazing. Like, just a total middle finger to everybody else in that division because they, those two teams definitely were better and definitely should have won. And they totally oh it was it was it was it was the the one where the meme the ron rivera like thumbs up meme with like the christmas score it was 30 the 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 panthers came to the game yeah the panthers were six eight and one and then the falcons were six and nine and uh so the winner of that game would have had seven wins and i think would have made the playoffs i have to look at the rest of the standings and then the panthers beat them 34 to three oh man and the only reason they go ahead Go no, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was say the only reason they turned that season around was because Ron Rivera was forced to play the young rookies instead of these veterans he signed who weren't any good. That's the only reason they turned that season around. They played fourth and fifth round picks in the secondary, and then suddenly they turned it on and got hot. Beat the Saints 41 to 10 in New Orleans to start the winning streak to finish the season. <laughs> so amazing. They're, they're three, three, eight, and one. Uh, three eight and one after losing to Minnesota, thirty one to thirteen. And we had and that went... shitty tie with the Bengals, where neither team could just win the game. Yes. Like they both had chances, multiple chances to win the game. They the the Bengals, the Bengals missed like a super short field goal, didn't they? They did, like in overtime. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying, like, there's there Mike Mike Nugent missed a thirty six yard field goal attempt on the final play of overtime. Thirty six yard field goal attempt. Oof. So yeah, I like how the season that everything broke the Panthers' way, they went seven, eight, and one, and lost in the second round of the playoffs. Well, and that was the season before they went fifteen and one. You know, so that yeah, was just <laughs> built that momentum. Was getting ready for that. I guess if we, if we, yeah. I guess if we like really step back, like we had a because Charlotte sports have terrible luck. We had like a decade's worth of good luck over a two-year span, and then it's just been gone. 
before and after. <laughs> just a fleeting two years of like everything going our way and then nothing ever since then. So yeah, just to finish up on, on January 3rd, 2015, um, I'm sitting here looking at the stats and uh, the uh, uh, almost at Falcons, the Cardinals had 78 total yards in an NFL playoff game, which is just unbelievable. Their leading rusher was someone named Kerwin Williams, 10 carries, 23 yards. Uh, their leading receiver was John Brown, four receptions, 34 yards. And they held the ball for 22 minutes out of the 60 minutes. I mean, <laughs> how can you ask for a better football game than that? You know? All right, need to oh, go and the, the, very, game. the very last play of the game was um, a... Oh, did safe... they lose a ton of yards? because, And that helped us get the record of like it the might, best? It, it might have been, but the last scoring play of the game with three seconds left, someone named B, B as in Boyd, Nortman, was tackled in oh, the Brad end zone. Norman. There you go. Was was tackled in the end zone for a safety. So uh, I'm sure somewhere instead of 14 to 27 being 16 to 27, someone lost a bunch of money on a bet. But um, how can you how can you end the perfect game rather than a weird safety losing nine yards and getting tackled in the end? Zone? No, no, well, that wasn't the last play. No, 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 that wasn't the last play of the game. So the, that we ran out of the end zone to run the clock out, but we didn't run the clock out. And or like to avoid the um the like chance of a blocked punt and touchdown, and so the Cardinals got the ball back and they got the ball on the twenty eight yard line off the, off the kickoff, and they did the whole like lateral leap thing and they lost nineteen yards on the play, <laughs> and and so that put gave us the like ended the the record for the fewest yards in a playoff game because of that nineteen yard loss on the final play of the game. <laughs> Oh my God. That's just, that only happens once every like 15 years where something so spectacular, (laughs) awful happens. And that was, that was it for us, my friends. That was awesome. And the funny thing is that was the game that made Brenton Burson infamous for being a shitty punt returner because he he fumbled the ball. What? At least once, maybe twice. I don't remember. I think it was twice. And one of them was that weird where he just kind of like slid on his knees and just like let the ball hit him in the thigh. Yeah. No reason. (laughs) Yeah. My this God. has been fun. <laughs> and uh, oh, my, ver- my very last point, because I know we've been going forever. My very last point is about Baker Mayfield. Imagine going to a team, right, that over the past maybe four years before you get there were something like, I don't know, 6 and 50 or something like that. Obviously, I don't have the stats in front of me. And within a couple years, getting a winning record, going into Pittsburgh, winning a playoff game, and then the whole team and the whole fan base and the whole city just wants you gone. Just imagine that. And I'm obviously a big Baker fanboy because I don't think he deserves the crap that 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 he gets. He won a playoff game in Pittsburgh. For yeah, the one of the best rookie That's passing. It. He had one of the best rookie passing seasons of all time as well. I mean, good. Yeah, we talked about it a little like, bit when we first traded for him. Like Baker was like good the year before last. And then he got hurt, and then the Browns traded for Deshaun Watson, and everybody was like, yeah, Baker Mayfield's trash. And like, yeah. not, I don't think he'll yeah, be elite or anything, but he's probably better than he's been It's not like they went straight from, like, um, you know, Farb to Rodgers or something like that. Like, they had, like, Deshaun Kaiser and who <laughs> I don't remember, like, before. And then Baker comes in, and they're like, I don't know, 7 and 9, and then they're like 10 and 6, and they're like, oh, yeah, he's trash. Get him out of here. I'd rather go two and 14 uh, from now on. That's great. Like, you know, and of course, you know, him being, 
what's his name? Uh, Watson getting suspended for 11 games and coming back against the Texans. Like, come on. This, it's just, it's, it's absurd. It's absolutely what absurd. What a coincidence. Like, what a coincidence. Right. What a coincidence. What a I coincidence mean, like, the Panthers play the Browns week one as well. Yeah, the year after we yeah. played the Jets week one. Yep. Yeah, super, super big coincidence. I mean, but I mean, like, let's be fair. 11 games is a very common suspension length for an NFL suspension. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> yeah, you just you, all over all the sports. You just see those those classic eleven game suspensions. You gotta love when uh, gambling against gambling for your team to win is uh, more of a, a, a higher suspendable <laughs> offense than uh, sexually assaulting potentially twenty plus women allegedly. Allegedly, and yeah, gambling five hundred dollars on a game you didn't even play in games you aren't even playing in. Yep, on your team. Yep. by the way. To win, like it's not like it's like yeah. you're throwing the game. Yeah, the NFL's stupid. Yep. <laughs> oh man. Well, and that's all I had. I just I wanted <laughs> to mention how how big of a Baker Mayfield fan I ha- I am. So uh, I hope I hope he treats you right. I hope you guys treat him right. Um, I think it could be something pretty pretty good. Appreciate hey, if he can beat the, if he can beat the Saints twice twice in a season, I don't care about any of the other games. I don't care. So I feel that I feel that over the Saints. <laughs> yep, that's that's all I want. Just to stick it to the fucking Saints. I hate them. I hate them so much. Yep. But oh, and Spencer's a temporary is a, also a Bucks fan, by the way, John. If you didn't know that. I figured, I mean, the Tom Brady thing and Shaq Mason. I think I said that. Didn't I say that last year? Yeah, I think you did. But just to remind our listeners. So. <laughs> yeah, that, no, that's right. Yes. Everybody followed Brady to Tampa. We're, we all retired Dan, down in Tampa. So uh, I instantly, instantly understood the Saints hate. I was already really on the on the fence after um, the, the no call, you know, in the NFC Championship game. I was like, man, they're complaining an awful lot. Uh, but the second I started really paying attention to the NFC South, I was like, wow, Saints fans are insufferable. Like, Pats fan level, Eagles fan level, like, it's bad. And they don't even have the dynasty behind them to support it. <laughs> right, right, yeah. right, right. So, yeah. Two and 15, two wins against the Saints. Uh, I, I would accept that. Yep. It'll help the Bucks too, I guess. So... <laughs> But anyway, from all of us here at the Keep Sounding Podcast, this is Brian joined by John, as always. And Spencer, thank you very much for being on the show. Just want to remind you that Diggs sideline touchdown unbelievable was a thing. So stay tuned for the Panthers preseason game this evening. We'll be covering it. We'll get you the coverage. Follow along on Facebook and Twitter, and I'll have some fun little tidbits as I watch the game begrudgingly. Stay tuned, stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll talk to you soon.